Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Oh, hello, Holly. Hi. (laughs) We're in the same room. We are. We're together. We're together. We just came back from brunch. So in spirit of happy hour, we had our midday happy hour at brunch. We did. A real happy hour. I guess so. Yeah, like a weekend happy hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It was a good brunch, too. We went to culinary dropout, if you're looking for a good place in Austin to go to. Yeah. I feel like that's not just an Austin place, is it? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. I just kind of assumed it wasn't, but I have no idea. I never heard of it before coming <laughs> here, but that doesn't mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I guess I'll go first since you have a big announcement. Um, I haven't done much since we last talked. <laughs> Work and play. And by play, I mean Zelda. I feel like that's been a uh-huh. running theme. I was telling Holly about Zelda right yeah. before this because she was unaware, and I won't go into the details of the nerdum of Zelda, but um, basically, I beat Tears of the Kingdom, which is the new game that just came out, okay. and I have decided to go on a Zelda journey uh-huh. and play all the games again <laughs> in order of the timeline, not of when they came out. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a shooting game. No, I don't um, like shooting games. No. When I was going to Indiana a few weeks ago, when I got on my first, or it was a non-stop flight, but when I got on the flight going from Austin to Indiana, I had the very last row of the plane. Um, and the guy sat down next to me. And the right when he sat down, he was like, and I used the plug. And I was like, yeah, like whatever. And he had like a handheld thing the game thing and it was like a shooting game that he was playing the whole time which i am not somebody that cares one way or another but i was just like this guy doesn't even know that we're in flight like the whole time we were flying and even when we were landing like he was playing his game it's a good way to pass the time yeah no i was quite jealous honestly yeah i've never thought about bringing him because i have like the nintendo switch which is like a con it's like a like yeah, basically like the Game Boy. Yeah, that's that kind of what his look like. Yeah, he didn't even end up using the plug, but um, I was wondering like, how is he even playing this? Like, obviously, I don't think he was connected. You don't need to the internet. internet. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was like, yeah. hmm. Unless you're playing a line, you don't. Need yeah. The no, it. He did not connect to the internet. Like as yeah. soon as he sat down, he was playing, and he never stopped playing. That's usually whenever someone asks me, like, or tell us something that like people don't usually know about you, or you know, those kind of icebreakers. Okay. Yeah. That's typically my icebreaker is that you like I enjoy video games. Video games. Okay. A lot of people wouldn't guess that. Yeah. Because I'm a gay guy that dresses decent. <laughs> so that's usually my go-to. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been up to other than working a lot and playing video games. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. So when I mean when people hear this on Tuesday, I will have started my new job. Woohoo! My free my full time 
job, which is crazy because, okay, so Tuesday, when this comes out, it'll be July 11th, Yeah. which I got laid off on July 13th wow. of 2022. That's so crazy. So almost a full year. We can just call it a full year. Yeah. <laughs> like a full year of being laid off. And yeah, my last uh, shift, my last retail shift was Saturday. And I already put in my notice at my freelance job. So I'm just starting straight up fresh with this new one. Yeah. So that's exciting. I know. So it's, a, it's honestly like, I feel like it won't feel real. Maybe. I don't know if it'll ever feel real. Yeah. Like, Cause it's like, I feel like I'm just kind of jumping back into that routine that I have done before. Yeah. And like, the thing is like, I've done this before. I've had to work retail. I've gotten a full-time job. Like I've had to switch many times before this timing. I feel like is honestly, I can't speak to like previous times when I've, I know when I worked retail before and when I moved to Austin for work I was totally strapped for money but like right now it's like I feel like the timing has come at like perfect timing because I don't know what I would have done for like my August bills like it's like my savings is gone I needed work my money is one thing but like my spirit my spirit is another thing like that's the thing that I was really thinking like if I don't get this job like I don't know how I'm going to convince myself to keep on keeping on yeah I'm still processing everything that has happened like in the past I got the job offer a little more than two weeks ago but in that time you know you have to do the background check and you have to I had to you know put in my notice for places and I had to make some decisions that I don't know I wasn't really like prepared to make really I don't know. I'm just still processing everything. (laughs) Like I I don't have like a thing prepared. I think one thing that I constantly was going through through this whole year was like, do I even want a full-time job again? Um, Do I, can I make it work with like a retail job and a freelance job and all of that? And I definitely don't think that that's like outside of the realms of possibilities, but I just think there's so much I guess just noise is the only word I can think to explain about like if you're in the freelance community, people want you to stay full-time freelance. And if you're in a full-time job, people want you to stay doing that. And so if you switch between the two, I think it's hard sometimes to like find your identity. And I know for me, like I, I succeeded for some time doing full-time freelance previously. Like when I, there was a time in 2018 when I, stopped working my full-time job and I succeeded doing freelance for about two years, Mm -hmm. full-time freelance. And then when I went into a full-time role, I felt like it was kind of like, Oh, is that a six, is that success or is that failure because you couldn't keep the freelance moving or whatever. And I feel like right now it was kind of hard because there were days when I was like, I can make this work like half retail, half freelance, and I didn't know, I, I kind of imagined this, like, if if I were to get a full-time job, it's going to be against my values and it's not going to work for me and all these things. And that's something I've grappled with this whole time. But like, I know at the end of the day for me, like, I just need to be able to pay my bills. Yeah. And I also need the creative energy to do other stuff. Yeah. And I think working retail 
it was becoming very clear that it was like impossible for me to have energy outside of my retail job. Like I will say even, I even switched, like I started doing shifts at 6am that I would get off at either noon or 1pm. And I thought, this is it. This is the answer to my problem. Like I'll get off work at 1pm and I'll be able to work on my creative self. And uh, I would say probably 50% of the times I would get off work and take a nap because mm-hmm. I was so tired. Yeah. And it, it's like, I get up most days at 6am, but like when you're getting up at five and then going into work, leaving for work at 5.30, going in and then doing physical labor at 6am, like it's not the same type of energy. Like I was coming home like not being able to keep my eyes open. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's definitely a little bit of mixed, mixed emotions going into it, but more positive than, than anything else, because I'm just relieved that I'm actually going to be able to pay my bills. And like everyone that I met along my interview process was so nice and real. I didn't, I feel like I did not have to like fake my way through anything. And it's like, I feel like I'm still going to be able to do what I love to do, which is right. Um, but I'm also going to be able to do it from my home and have energy to do other things at the end of the day. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for like the psyche of stability, Yeah, you know, like whenever, cause like I left, I'll just say at Lamar, I've always said like that other job, <laughs> but everyone knows, um, you can look at my LinkedIn. So I left Lamar and was doing the studio full time for probably like six months. And then I did the agency stuff for a while and have since gone back to work full time. And it's, it's weird because like whenever I was just like only studio, Mm -hmm. I feel like I wasn't as productive Mm -hmm. as I am now on stuff for the studio. Yeah. Because I was like just in a, state of like a spiral because like the studio didn't pick up like I thought it would and like it just created a lot of anxiety and stress about money yeah and like it's annoying that we live in a world of capitalism (laughs) that like but like the lack of money can and the worries about lack of money can just like just totally derail everything in your life yeah and like you know all your creative stuff and the other things like that like it's mind-blowing yeah yeah I mean, obviously with full-time jobs, like the worry is being burnt out, you know, and obviously not liking where you work, but fingers crossed that, I mean, it sounds like a really good place to work. Yeah. I, I was telling you, like, I recently had, when I went back to Indiana, like I, um, my friend gifted me a session with a psychic and, and she was like, this job is going to be, you know, your bread and butter so that you can finally like get rid of that stress. And it's like that stress of like paying for your bills is so like, it's so privileged that I can say that that's not a stress I've had for a long time. And I, this whole year, like, I feel like I get, I feel like when this has happened to me in the past, like I get this reality check of like, there are so many people that live paycheck to paycheck even that may not be enough to live off of. And like their job may require unexpected unexpected challenges like when I started working at 6 a.m it's like okay that means you have to leave the house at 5 30 it's still dark out a lot of times that 
this sounds crazy, but a lot of times that means there's a lot of shit on the road. (laughs) I got a flat tire coming home. Like I, I literally ran over something on my way to work. And then when I came out of work, I needed a new tire. So it's like things of that nature that you would never think of, but like going to work at the early hour when like trucks have been traveling through the night and all this, um, or people just driving like the wild west at five thirty in the morning, like, and for some workers, like that's a required part of their job or like dealing with customers or whatever, like all these unspoken things that are required of people's jobs that a lot of us, maybe I, and I know, especially me working from home, like I never even thought about stuff yeah. like that until I had yeah. to show up. It's like, okay, wow. It's really been a privilege of mine to work from home prior and like get things done around my house. Like, I feel like I didn't even realize like how amazing it is to work from home and be able to like do laundry on my lunch break. Right, um, right. And like, I truly had so much free, so much more free time um, than I did. It's like, if you're someone that loves to multitask, like working a retail job is not, <laughs> not it because you yeah, show up and no. you have to be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just like working on you know, any service industry job. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any service yeah. industry job. So I feel like I had a, it, I don't know if I needed it, but I got a good reality check in the past year. So I am like so grateful. And it's funny because like, once I accepted this new position and people were messaging me about logistics of sending me equipment and saying, Hey, we're so excited for you to join our team. I, I wanted to be like, you have no idea. <laughs> like when they called to offer me the position, I had to hold back, like bawling hysterically because I was just like, Oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like, yeah. so I'm excited. I'm also just like nervous. Cause it's like, obviously it's been a year since I have done this. Not that I can't do it, but it's like, it's just different, you know? Yeah. New schedule and it'll be a adjustment period, but I mean, it'll be great. That's nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yep. Back on it. I'm yeah. back to contributing member of the society. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this week's episode is really good. Uh, we interviewed Curran with Calcio Marketing. Yeah. Which is obviously entomology. Is that, is that the word? It's, it's in the podcast. I think, I think, I think it's entomology, like the nature of where a word comes from. Boccaccio is short for conscious. Uh, yeah, I love it. I yeah. love the name of his business. I do too. I mean, it's in the name, you know, it's yeah. all about doing marketing, but in a conscious way, which yeah. obviously aligns with our mission of highlighting people doing good. Mm-hmm. He has an interesting backstory. Yeah. I talk about how we connected on LinkedIn, you know, yeah. just because, you know, there was good synergy there. We haven't been working together yet, but once I'm ready to to really start investing in social media marketing, he's going to be my guy. I'm excited about partnering with him. Yeah, I feel like between last season, you talked with Caddy. Yeah. And like now talking to Kiran, it's like, to me, as a marketer, you know, I think it's really hard to find people that really look at the the nature of your business and, and how to do that properly because there's all kinds of ways that you can throw money at a marketing strategy and it can work but I think it's a lot different when someone like aligns with your your true mission yeah to me I because I just feel like there's so many like scams and stuff that can happen with marketing oh my god so many I get like 
every day I get LinkedIn messages. Yeah. And it's, it's so, especially when you're desperate for views or advertising, it's like, it's like there's, you're tempted to be like, okay, yes, whatever you can do to resolve my problem. So I feel like when you find people that are actually doing good in the marketing industry, like it seems like a real gem. I don't know. No, for sure. I mean, you know, if we're talking biggest regrets with small business entrepreneurship, I mean, one of my biggest regrets is spending money that I had at the time, which I don't have anymore, on marketing that didn't work. Yeah. You know, because I was kind of falling for some of those easy fixes, you know, at the beginning with like, just like, you know, paid advertising, like, you know, in different journals or, yeah, you know, LinkedIn solicitations, those kind of things. I paid a lot of money for stuff that didn't pan out whenever I had it. Yeah. You know, but I don't have the money. I have a little bit more knowledge. So if I had it to do over again, I would have invested in SEO. Yeah. And conscious marketing from the front end. But I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, it's a lesson learned. I feel like it's a lesson everyone learns. Yeah. And like even someone like as like an SEO professional myself, it's like I meet people all the time that are like, oh, yeah, I do white hat SEO. But some of their tactics, it's like it's such a subjective thing that it's like oh really you do that like oh i don't really know if i agree with that too much you know like everyone has their own methodology and if you don't understand it like you don't understand it you know yeah so i thought it was refreshing uh in our conversation i'm just like grateful that we can share his expertise yeah me too so y'all enjoy welcome hi well, thanks for joining us. Remind me, is it Curran or Curran? Uh, Curran. Curran. Yeah. And uh, Holly? Yeah. 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 Cool. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And good to see you again. I don't know when we last spoke. I know it was last year at some point. Yeah, something like this. I maybe like touched base in like January and then I think we first talked in December, November. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Seems like an eternity ago. But so the way I met Corinne um, was through LinkedIn, because I do actually try to read all of my LinkedIn messages <laughs> whenever I get them. Um, but it's gotten so noisy these days, and I'm sure that you can speak to that. The fact Go that ahead. you replied is a little miraculous. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Well, yeah. I've always like, you know, because I know whenever people, you know, I hate to even call it soliciting because like, and you're aspect like we are very lie aligned in business values mm-hmm. and like it made a lot of sense that you're reaching out to me but a lot of times like it is a lot of soliciting and like automated messaging For and sure. stuff and it just like creates so much noise that it's it's kind of hard to keep track of the people that are actually valuable you know um yeah i'm very very aware of that too it's always been kind of I'm a hard sure. thing to do like sales calls and things yeah um that's that's why I mean that's why I do marketing, not sales. I couldn't do sales. Yeah. I feel like uh, I already feel like I'm bothering people just with marketing, you know. Like sales would be, yeah. I, I could never cold call. My God, I can't imagine. I, know. Kidding. I would I can't up on. It would hurt my feelings. I'm too sensitive. <laughs> you know? I've had to start doing a little bit of that, and I do, I hate it as well because I'm just yeah. like uh, just I really just try to help people, but it just yeah, just you know, at the yeah. end of the day, you're asking for money, so it is like. Ugh. Yeah, I get yep. that. 
But so yeah, Karen reached out to me sure. on LinkedIn. I responded. He had to follow up with me probably like five times to get me in a meeting because, <laughs> because my schedule is crazy. I work too much. But yeah, we had an awesome meeting. We're not working together right now, but I still do plan on working together in the future. I haven't told you that, but um, I love what you do. So one day Thanks. I do want to work together for sure. Um, yeah, I like so, Of course. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. We are Happy Hour Podcast. And the most important question is, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Kentucky Mule. Uh, Ooh, what is that? What is that? It's, you know, Moscow Mule is like uh, yeah. ginger beer and vodka. This is just uh, bourbon and vodka. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bourbon and ginger beer. Okay. Um, I was like, okay. oh my gosh, you are really hitting it hard. I love it. <laughs> no, that'd be like a Kentucky Russian. No, no, this is <laughs> so it's a mule, but it, it just it swaps out the bourbon for the for the vodka. It, and I, I like it a little better. Um, but it's missing something that I just realized. So I'll be like literally right back. Okay. <laughs> you can like Moscow meals, Derek. I do. I love Moscow. Meals. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I feel like they were having like Why a moment for like they were super popular for a bit. They yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah. The lime juice is really nice to the ginger. I totally forgot it. But uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I like Moscow Moose quite a bit too, but um, I think the bourbon has a little bit more like depth. So it's a little yeah. more interesting. Um, I've never tried it with bourbon. Know, I'll have to. Got the mug for it. And yeah. I love of it. Course. Yeah. I think I stole it from a bar when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> that Either it was given cups. to me or, yeah. What about y'all? What are y'all drinking? What are you drinking, Holly? I, okay, so yesterday we're recording this. Like yesterday was the first day of spring. And mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think you're like this, Derek, but for me, like I start drinking like the white wines, rose, mm-hmm. like lighter stuff in the spring and summer. So I'm having my first sip of rose of the season. Nice. I'm so excited. It's the summer water. Um, I'm kind of like, I don't like sweet rose. Uh, So the summer water is very like light and crisp. So I'm so excited. That's awesome. Yeah, I had uh, Aperol spritz last week. It was like perfect. Y'all know uh, Radio Coffee Bar? Uh Radio Coffee Bar? No. Holly does. Oh, highly recommend. I'm like, that sounds like a popular thing. It's nice. Well, I am drinking red wine, which is... uh, (laughs) very typical for me i have just accepted that that's what i'll drink every episode and to mix it up i've been trying to do a different one each episode instead of the same one tonight i got i got this guy the seeker Seeker oh i feel like i've heard of that one yeah i I got at the gas station (laughs) (laughs) in in my defense (laughs) it's like a a a liquor store that's like separate from the gas station you know one of those situations oh yeah. yeah They actually have a decent selection. It's a Cabernet. Where, which where they, is it from? Like uh, Argentina. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like the uh, gas station. You're like the gas station. I just said. <laughs> I just said that. Argentina. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It says Mendoza on it too. I'm not sure what the Mendoza part means. Is that an area in Argentina? It might know. be like a region, like a. Maybe. Yeah, other countries have named their like wine regions based on like. The uh, or things of that nature. Okay. Well, cool. it's pretty good. I would give it like a seven out of ten. Nice. Yeah. 
So we're also here to talk about Conchio marketing. Did I say that correctly? You did, yeah. Okay, um, good. So I would yeah. just love to hear, uh, you know, we always go on your website and kind of poke around and look up your story so we know what kind of questions to ask. And a lot of your story was there, and I love your story, so I would just love to Thanks. hear it from you. So I guess like six or seven years ago or so, like when I graduated from college, basically. So I went to college as a computer science major, and that lasted mm. only maybe like a year and a half before I switched to like philosophy. When and I graduated high school. Yeah. <laughs> My parents didn't love that switch, but oh well. Yeah, but, and then I graduated college, and then, uh, you know, with a philosophy degree, you're like, well, now what do I do? Mm. So... I uh, I guess I decided that, well, I was trying to figure out some stuff and figure out what to do, but someone suggested that I would maybe can enjoy, like, I, I like writing a lot. Um, I like writing, like, creatively and stuff like that, too. So someone suggested copywriting to me, and then copywriting kind of shifted into just general marketing, and I did that for a few years. And then February of 2021, I guess, uh, is when I started um, officially Conchio. And, and any of my friends who, like, kind of know me uh, kind of, were surprised uh, that I would start like a marketing company of all things. I'm I'm a little or I, I'm not I'm not as much now. I'm a little bit more like moderate when it comes to these things. But I used to be kind of anti-capitalist and whatnot. And you You're know, they're an like, anti-capitalist podcast, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's a running um, theme in every episode. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Perfect. I, I belong. Uh, so as I was kind of like developing like the structure, like what my, what I wanted it to be about. Um, I had to make it uh, something that I could personally stomach. Um, mm -hmm. And so I started to figure out how I can kind of format the company and I can like approach marketing in a way that um, doesn't nauseate me. Um, and so that's where, uh, where I kind of figured out like that I really value like being conscious and like, conscious companies and things like that. And uh that's that's why it's it's called conscious it's like the etymology of conscious and so that's kind of how i i guess incorporated the philosophy there into into marketing and, and a couple of years later i still feel okay about marketing in in, in this kind of context i feel all right about it so, yep yeah it's an interesting thing being a conscious person and like i feel like as an anti-capitalist you know, we're not like super extreme, but we can read the writing on the walls, like the people at the top are making all the money and it's not going anywhere else, right? Yeah. And and I actually have a blog post if you want to read it. I think it's called Anti-Capitalism is Not a Curse Word, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Yoga for All Humans website. It, it's hard to navigate the waters of you know, wanting to do good in business, but also still living in a society where you have to have money, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. That's awesome. And I think that how you've set up content marketing is the perfect way to do that. I'm glad that you're feeling good about where it is. That's awesome. Aside from like personal things too, it also, I, I uh, when I like first kind of started out, you know, as a freelancer or whatever, uh, a lot of it was kind of like, there's a little bit of like a desperation. I think when you start out anything where you're like, mm -hmm. I'll accept anyone that gives you money, you know, and you're, yeah, you're kind yeah. of like, how, how profane are your podcasts? Mm -hmm. usually? They, they say fuck all the time. You're good. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, so I started out a little bit like a money slut. And so there you go. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. 
uh, get something going. Um, and so, you know, I, I accepted whoever came to me and uh, it took like one really bad experience with someone that I was like, you know what, aside from just like, I, and this is before I kind of came up with the conscious marketing, whatever aspects of all. Um, but I was just like, you know what, I got to figure out, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but some way I got to be able to vet people a little bit better and not work with like shitty people. Um, yeah. And so this kind of uh, naturally fell into my lap where I'm like, okay, I'm at least attracting like a certain people um, that have like similar philosophies and kind of want the same thing out of their company and out of uh, the people they work with. And so I've had a lot better of a, a lot way better relationships with the clients and things like that because of this philosophy. And before that it was really hit and miss and I've had some real bad misses. So it, it kind of worked out on that side too. And that's, I guess why, you know, I meet people like you, it just it works out when you, you know, likes attracts likes and whatnot. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holly can definitely relate because Holly's also a content writer. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. I definitely am curious about, like your writing process aside from just, you know, having like a like-minded because I know I I am still in awe of like, I will meet other freelance writers who have these very strict requirements and like very high rates. And I'm like, how do you even get clients? Because if I feel like people gawk at some of the things I say, I've had contracts that have like scared people away, which in the end, it probably yeah. ended up the best, but it's also like, I probably wouldn't have any clients if I was like as strict as what I meet people. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just can't believe there's clients out there that accept this. It's great. Yeah. Um, But it is really scary, especially like Derek said, like we do need money to survive, unfortunately. So it's like, (laughs) um, I'm curious about, you know, your, if you have like a vetting process (laughs) or, or how you kind of manage that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, truth be told, if I was a little bit more uh, flexible on this kind of stuff, I probably would have made more money in the last couple of years. I, yeah. I think that's just facts, you know. But I also probably would have gotten burned out, and that would have been a lot more miserable in the last few years. So it's kind of, you know, weighing it. Um, and as far as like, I, I mean, I like I like the work I do, and I like the way I do it, and whatever. But if I if I did just marketing as like traditional manipulative marketing, I probably would just like really hate it. I probably would have quit a long time ago. I think maybe the key difference and I don't, I don't know what it is. There's some kind of psychology behind it. Cause I, so I freelancing, I contracted for a while before I um, incorporated itself like an actual like company and business name and so forth. And there's something where like when I, when I would tell people like what I was looking for as a freelancer or whatever, I didn't feel like I had the authority to, to say something like that. Like to say, mm-hmm. this is how I, this is how I operate and so on and so forth. Cause I'm, right. I'm just, yeah. You know, like Fiverr and Upwork and stuff. It's just, you take whatever gigs are thrown at you. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I, when I set up this the, the business and I set up like a philosophy behind the business and so on and so forth, then it was, it, it was almost like the, there's some psychology where people just kind of respected it. They're like, Oh, this is the business's like mission statement and the business's like philosophy. I can't like, say anything against it because that's how the business is like set up so if i'm yeah. saying something it's against the business as a whole and there's something to that where people didn't argue with me anymore <laughs> yeah that's yeah. actually so fascinating and like 
super smart because I do, I totally feel you on that. Like as an individual, I find it really hard to, to come forward and be like, I don't work after five or this is my hourly rate or whatever it may be. Like I'm not available at midnight to do like your, (laughs) like if it was part of my, you know, a business mission, like who's going to argue with that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I was definitely disrespected a lot as a freelancer. Um, so it's a little better now. <laughs> I actually get to stop at five most days. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on after five to speak with us. <laughs> oh, this is, this doesn't count as work. This is That's drinking right. on camera. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of marketing services do you provide? I already know. I, I, typically, <laughs> right. I typically say like across the spectrum. Um, so, you know, like social media marketing, email marketing, SEO, um, copywriting, content writing. Uh, basically, if it's like online related marketing, I have it covered. Over the years, I, I never consider myself like a branding expert, but I've come across enough clients that needed branding pretty bad. And so mm-hmm. I kind of fell into that because they didn't want to hire a marketer and a brander. I, I kind of add that as like a little caveat of I, I can do it. I'm not like a brand new expert. I can do it, but yeah. I, but I usually tell someone if it's related to marketing and online, I, I kind of have it covered. But maybe like PR is where I draw a line, and mm-hmm. maybe like anything like develop like uh, like website development is where I draw another line. Anything that where it gets yeah. like too technical or too uh, different from marketing is is where um, I stop. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like in business and in life, like, you just have to be honest about what you can do and not, you know, not ever promise to people. And that's how you keep people happy, right? Yeah, made that mistake once, I think. <laughs> I, I told someone, I mean, I, I can build like a basic website, like, yeah. pretty well. Like my website, I, I built it a lot of weeks or something. But this one client was so difficult. And I, I told him, like, I can build you like an essential website, like something, you know, I can edit, I can make whatever website you have is better, but I'm not like a website developer. And then after we get like your website improved a little bit, we need to move on to like the, my actual skills. And then mm-hmm. she, she just wasted like an entire month on website development. I'm like, and I, I didn't have like the courage to say, we need to move forward. Otherwise you're going to feel like you wasted your money on this month. Um, and then the month passed. And of course she was like, I feel like I wasted my money. I'm like, oh. What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, I it's told you exactly what was going to happen. crazy because, um, like, I, I don't know, Derek, if you run into this with, with what you do, but, like, I know for me, like, there are things I, I can do, but after having, like, a bad experience with a client, I no longer... <clears throat> Um, even say that I can do that. Like I used to always offer to, like, I can build you like a WordPress website. I can build you a blog. I can edit your blog design. I do a ton of design for myself, like making assets for social media and my Mm -hmm. blog. And I do the design for the podcast, but I do not feel comfortable because I feel like that is so subjective or something. And it's like, you're just going to go back and forth with someone so much that it is just like not a good use of my time, which kind of stinks because it's like, I can do it, but like, gosh, it is too, it is just too much. Yeah. Um, it definitely kind of goes back to like that money slip feeling, you know, they were offering money mm-hmm. to do it. I was like, okay, whatever, whatever you want me to do. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I love that money slip. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. I used to be a money slut for doing people's resumes. So I had to cut that off because that oh, was yeah. that was the suck. Yeah. 
No, that was too much. I don't, I, I don't do resumes anymore unless they're willing to pay for it. So you're doing Kantia full-time, right? That's what I'm gathering. Yes. Yes and no. Um, full-time yeah. in the sense that like, it's my main source of income, but uh-huh. not full-time as in I necessarily work 40 hours a week. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just like your main source of income. Right. Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. What other stuff do you do? Anything I can get my hands on, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I, I like to, to, to mess with a bunch of stuff. So like, for example, um, I have recently somewhat started like an Airbnb business. Um, oh, cool. I, I deal a little bit with like cryptocurrency. Um, yeah. I've been trying to start like a affiliate marketing website. Uh, any, any, any form I can use, like the marketing skill set in is, is something yeah. that I like would try out. But yeah, definitely Concho is, is the focus. We've kind of been talking about the word conscious and conscious marketing. And mm-hmm. I would love to just hear what your definition of it is. Just in this moment, I realized I haven't been on a podcast in a little while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness! Did you happen to watch that video on my about page? Um, I didn't actually. Okay, because I, I think I'm just going to quote from that. To be honest with you, go for um, it. To me, like <laughs> consciousness was like the the most like primordial um, essence of of humankind, and it's this like this ability to not only can think about like what you're feeling and what you're thinking, but be able to think about what other people are feeling and thinking and being a conscious person is consistently and deliberately thinking about your inner being as well as people around you and taking them to count in, in the way you make your decisions. And so with conscious marketing and conscious business and things like that, it's it's that it's, it's essentially like this really deep sense of empathy, um, but also like a self compassionate um, way of operating. I love that. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> just making sure. I'm Every so often, I'll go on like autopilot, and 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 I just hope it rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to a guy with a yoga studio. So I yeah. get you. <laughs> do you do yoga? I don't remember if you said that you do yoga. You know, I just rolled up my yoga mat before this conversation. Um, really? Yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I love it. It's like I had like I, I think I, I did mention this to you, but I had really severe like back pain. Um, yeah. Like uh, like like and nothing really worked or any, and nothing else except for yoga was the, like the solution. It, 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 and it and it was like to the solution to the extent like it, it just disappeared. And it was to the point where. Like every morning, I would like get up like a ninety-year-old man. Like it would hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had like a cold for anything longer than three to five days, I would be coughing so much that my back would like be in pain and I couldn't get up. Like it was terrible. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, I was like twenty-three going on ninety. It was really yeah. Bad. And then yoga saved saved my life, <laughs> and then now I can I, I can do I can do shit again, which is fantastic. Um, Isn't that so yeah, crazy? I was a big big yoga guy for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's how yoga is for me with like my knees and my hips because I've always had just like really crappy knees and hips since high school. You know, like one day during high school at work, I was like literally walking in between two things and my knee just like twisted and snapped. Nothing broke, thankfully, but it was just like that shouldn't happen. You know, especially yeah, like a 16 year old. I know. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I didn't discover yoga until much later in life. So I used to like, 
you know, spent so much money on like supplements and like had yeah. these knee sleeves. I think Holly, you remember the knee sleeves I yeah. used to wear to, to boxing and stuff. And then I started doing yoga regularly and like, it's all gone and fine. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would just like magic. smoke weed and hope it went away and then right. be fine for like a couple hours. And then, you know, the next right. morning I'm like, I can't, I can't be high 24 hours a day, you know, just, yeah. it's not sustainable. Um, <laughs> you got to work. Ruining our lives. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yoga is, yoga is real nice. And there's also, you know, I, I don't know how much you've like dug into this aside from like, you know, physical wellness, but, um, the like really, really, really like traditional sense of yoga was, mm -hmm. uh, to like prepare your body for meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, which was also a big thing for me because I, I love meditation and so on and so forth. But like with the lower back pain, I could only sit down for like a minute before my back started hurting so bad. Right. Um, but when I started doing like yoga right before I did meditation, like I was flexy and I could sit mm -hmm. there for like half an hour and be okay. And so like that also like kind of made a, made a nice difference and improved my practice of meditation, which is cool. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that Holly about doing yoga, like the asana version of yoga before meditation. It is literally meant to be a preparation for meditation. I didn't know that until my yoga teacher training. Yeah. I think I read, I was doing the newsletter for a yoga studio for a minute and I. Oh yeah, you are. Nice. Stuff like that. So it is really, cause I, I do enjoy meditation also. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. We have one right after this yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leading a yoga nidra, uh, nidra, sorry. Right after this at eight o'clock, not right after, but. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. also after talking to you, I, I think I had another client that, that did this or talked about this a lot, but I, it didn't stick with me as much then, but it stuck me, I think a little bit more after I talked to you, but I've also started taking, uh, like, cause I sit in a chair all day cause I work mm -hmm. from home and, you know, and so on and so forth. But, um, doing like yoga halfway through the day has really been fun too. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I can get back in the chair and not be totally miserable. Um, and then mobility in general has also improved. I can. I can like bend down and tie my shoes <laughs> without having to. <laughs> it's, really cool. it's a little. It's really cool. I really, I really Benjamin button my butt back to twenty six. <laughs> it's, it's really solid. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah, back in the grave. Oh, you're making me and Holly feel old. We've got about ten years on you. <laughs> really? I would have never guessed. Yeah. Yeah, I just turned 36 in February. And Holly, feel free to show your age. You don't have to. Yeah, I'll be 38 <laughs> in July. Yeah. Damn, y'all are, are pretty solid. For, <laughs> I, I really would not guess. Yeah. Thank but you. I've heard I your 30s are that. way better than your 20s, right? They are. Unless you, yeah, unless you decide yeah. to start a small business in, in your mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> And then you don't get to do things for a couple of years, yeah. but that's, that's what happens. I feel like well, there's I'm... so much more clarity. Like, I feel like there's certainly things I miss about my 20s, but a lot of it, when I think back, I'm like, gosh, I was just a mess. Like, I don't even know how I <laughs> propelled forward because yeah. I felt like I was just so caught up in the wrong stuff. And like, I feel like I just had so much more clarity in my 30s. I totally get that. 
I think, uh, well, I assume, you know, we don't really know like the demographics of our listeners, but I always assume that they're probably Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for advice. And so I'm curious about like, if Mm -hmm. people listening are looking for someone to market their business, like what are some things they should look for? Like, I know, I know, um, having worked like in SEO and at like SEM agencies in the past, like there's a ton of people out there that say they're experts at things, but maybe they aren't, or maybe they do things differently than like you would prefer. And so I'm just curious, like what are maybe some things to look for or or maybe opposite, maybe like what are red flags if people are like interview marketers? I would say the the number one red flag I've ever seen is if they make big promises, if they, if they, if they say that they, if they can promise like big results in a short amount of time, it's always a lie. And um, there's, there's like usually one of two things that's happening in that scenario. It's either one that they're just straight up lying or two (laughs) that they're actually going to give you like the results, but they're going to do it in a shady way. It can damage your online presence. So like, for example, if like on Instagram, they promise like, oh, I can get you like 10,000 followers in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, bullshit. But aside from that, they, they, you know, maybe they'll buy followers or do, there's some, something along the lines yeah. that are shady and then get you like, end up being like banned from, uh, from, so, you know, Instagram, like Instagram, which is banned your account. You have to go like through a process or whatever. Right. Or um, on the other end of that, for like SEO, they promise, you know, like, oh, we're going to create, you know, this many backlinks and we're going to do, all of these things and you're going to have this many website traffic visitors um and it's like a like an unreasonable number like a crazy number you're like wow that's almost too good to be true it probably is and and, and of course they're doing like shady shit too because then they'll have like all these random back websites that they backlink to your website on totally. and and google is a you know a monster <laughs> they, they you know they're not mm-hmm. sorry my phone <laughs> Always listening. The Google Assistant. Oh, no. Uh, oh, my God. That's hilarious. Uh, but, yeah, Google is a monster. And so they'll, they'll know that, you know, you're building fake credibility and, and it'll end up just damaging you. And then when you're then you it just screws up the whole like domain and then you can't pick a whole new domain. Like, it, you know, it's hard to, it's yeah. hard to come back from. Um, yeah. If you get like shadow ban from google like you're screwed <laughs> for like at least a year like it's bad yeah it's it's already rough enough to build credibility on google let alone convince them that you deserve a second chance yeah um, so yeah. i think that's the biggest red flag but and, and again uh, people can promise results like i promise like a certain amount of like results but they're always i guess i don't know Reasonable. yeah like realistic um yeah. things. and i also don't promise anything earlier than 60 to 90 days just because most sure. marketing takes at least that long for it to really like show results um <laughs> but i think in terms of like looking for uh people maybe the biggest thing and i think this is just like a general entrepreneurial uh advice is just trust your instincts because like the very worst you might miss an okay opportunity but um you know, saying no and like going into the next person and you're going to find something eventually that you're like intuitively, this feels nice. And then at least you can say like, I trusted my gut and you don't have that like feeling of regret, like six months online. We're like, I just spent like $6,000 on someone and they are screwing up everything. <laughs> um, so I think that's one thing. And then, I mean, honestly, this the conscious marketing thing. I've, I've, when I first started it two years ago, I didn't, I didn't see it anywhere. 
Um, but I, in the, I guess in the last two years and, and I'm not like mad about it, but I've seen more people doing like the conscious marketing thing, which is really cool. Honestly, um, it's in the, whatever you want to call it, the ether now <laughs> so people are, you know, catching on to it, which is cool. But I, I do think that, you know, most companies now they are forced to have some kind of mission statement and kind of talk about what their beliefs are. And yeah. it's just like, it's like part of a website. You're about pages incomplete unless you kind of have one. I, I think that should be one of the focuses um, aside from like technical skill of uh, like actually if they really align with you and if they don't, there's like millions of marketers out there. I'm sure you'll, you can find someone that does um, align with you and, and go with them. Yeah. That's good advice. That is. I haven't actually seen that many like conscious marketers out there. So I think you're still doing something unique. Thanks. But I, I mean, on the other side, I am very much actively looking to who my competitors are. True. But, yeah. But, but I mean, it did take a little deep. It's it's coming. I, I think maybe in the next five years, it's going to be one of the more common forms of marketing. Um, yeah. And so. Are, can... are there like subsections of conscious marketers? Like maybe someone focuses on like eco-friendly businesses. Maybe someone is focusing on more like diversity. <laughs> So in that sense, yes, 100%. So when I was like starting this marketing company, I was getting like advice and I was taking courses and things like that. Um, one of the most like key pieces of advice was uh, because there's so many people doing marketing and copywriting and content writing and so forth. If you, if you like say you are exclusively a certain niche, then you're more likely to attract um, people because you like, for example, if I say that I am a marketer for fitness clubs, then it's really easy for me to say, like, I have this much authority in like the fitness arena. And that's why you should trust me with your marketing as a, as a gym or whatever, because I know exactly how to market, you know, fitness and, 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 and to like exactly what you were saying. There are people who say I only market for like, you know, eco-friendly products, or I only market for like the THC or CBD industries or, you know, so on and so forth. And so in that respect, there are people who do conscious marketing uh, niches, but mm -hmm. um, the only reason I didn't pick a niche was because I am too, too undiagnosed ADHD to take one <laughs> thing and just never want to do anything else. Yeah. And, I, and I, I like so many different industries. I'm really, you know, I love learning and I love like, you know, the, the diversity of clients I've had. It's been really fun. And so like, instead of picking like a industry niche, I picked like a philosophical niche and that's why I chose mm -hmm. conscious marketing. Right. And so uh, all of my clients are like the conscious businesses, but they span like different industries. And that's been really fun for me to get to bounce around in different things. So, I mean, there's some consistency, like I've had a few yoga clients by now, because it's always, yeah, almost always sense. like a, you know, a conscious business because it's a conscious yeah. practice. Yeah. It uh, depends on the studio. There's a lot of white washing and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it should be. Yes, it should yeah. be. There we go. <laughs> we never, uh, I know we're kind of moving backwards with this one, but because you mentioned, you know, manipulative marketing and what is that? I think the most common form of it is just falsity where people um, either straight up lie or they mislead you. And uh, you don't really find out until either one, you've already received the product or service that's mediocre or uh, 
to that. I don't know. You're almost like tricked into thinking that you need something that you don't, you know, that is, is usually those two forms that I've seen where people try to like manipulate the, the storyline into getting you just the sale. And my biggest, like when I, whenever I talk to clients and things and tell them like, you know, of course it sounds nice to get like as many sales as you want, like do the quantity over quality. But um, if you want any longevity or any like long lasting relationships with your customers, the conscious way is a better way. And you may not attract everyone, but the people you do attract are going to be like true and true, you know, supporters of your, your business, which personally is what I care about more, but every thing, you know, someone's like, I still want the quantity. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, on, your, on your way. We're not, we're not the same people. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, oh, that's a little bit about vetting your clients, but I'm curious because because I'm assuming you reached out to Derek. So, like, is that typically how you find clients, or like, do they find you? LinkedIn is the main way I've ever reached out to people I don't know. As far as like people who have actually been clients of mine, I I would say most of my business has been 90% referrals, mm-hmm. um, which is I think what you want. <laughs> so that you know it's it, i don't even i don't even need to sell myself someone's just like oh you know this guy's good and they come on the call with like the pretty much like the anticipation of like well i already think you're good and i don't want to vet more people so i'm just gonna continue yeah. on with you and so oddly enough yeah there's like a there's like a saying that unfortunately i like to quote it's it's like the carpenter doesn't want to work on his own house um <laughs> so yeah. like Sure. In terms of like marketing goes, like I spent all day marketing for other people. The last thing I really want to do was market for myself. And yeah. so um, a lot of times uh, to get clients, I, I think I focus a little bit more on like the sales type of aspect of it rather than like the marketing. So I like, again, like I, I hate to say it, but I, I chase a little bit more than I attract. Um, that's why the referrals have really come into like a blessing. It's because yeah. I, I don't have to chase as much, but. Yeah, but as far as like uh, Derek goes, LinkedIn uh, Sales Navigator, like that backend, has really, really good features. And so I can uh, kind of narrow it down by certain like keywords. And I honestly think that I found Derek by just whatever like filters, like radius and like location, things like that, um, and, you know, company size and so forth, all the technical stuff. But I think the keyword that I used was conscious, and mm-hmm. which just means it's somewhere in your, um, in your like bio or your company description oh, as something that's conscious. And that's, okay. that's usually how I found people on, on LinkedIn. It's just putting in that one keyword, which is easy for me. <laughs> so, and, and aligned, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, nobody puts conscious in their job or their uh, company description. If it's not essential to the company, you know, mm-hmm. so it works out nicely. That's yeah. very cool. I'm making a drink right. over here. We hear noise You're good. <laughs> Make it a refill. So we were kind of talking at the beginning about like how much noise is out there, you know, and kind of Mm -hmm. piggybacking on the LinkedIn thing. There's just like a lot of solicitation, a lot of noise, a lot of what kind of marketing did we call it? The the negative kind of marketing? The manipulative. Manipulative marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, (laughs) it's just the most random stuff that people reaches out to me with. It's like, this, there's no catch. I'm like, obviously, there's a catch if you're saying there's no catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'm just curious about like, 
you know, your thoughts on like the noise out there, like, because I know that, so take yoga for all humans, for example, it's, I'm trying to do a good thing, like literally just providing affordable yoga, accessible yoga. Like I have a teacher in a wheelchair that like, just trying to lift people up that aren't represented. And it's hard. Like, and I it just get so frustrated sometimes because I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard, but it's because there's these big conglomerates that are in, you know, back to the capitalism thing. You know, they're, you know, we're, we're fighting against, it always comes back, you see. And so we're fighting against them. And it's just like all this noise, you know, like Holly and I listen to a lot of podcasts and like, just for fun, I reached out to one of them and I was like, how much would it cost to like, you know, have an ad on your podcast, like $20,000. I'm like, of course, no wonder there's like, you know, only like big players. <laughs> so it's, it's just it's hard. Insane. So it is insane. So I'm just curious, what is your take on the noise out there? And like, I'm sure it gets under your skin. So if you wanted to soapbox about it for a second, here's your chance. Man, oh man. Um, this is a little bit of an anti-capitalist podcast, huh? Uh, <laughs> we our ultimate goal is to get bernie sanders uh, <laughs> we would love papa bernie well my uh that's, that's some of my comfort videos is watching bernie in like the 80s and i'm like that's a consistent socialist i love that guy <laughs> yeah. man cutting through the noise honestly like i just uh so like i don't know it was maybe yesterday or maybe it was today or morning but I, I get a lot of messages as like a marketing agency of people saying, oh, I can get you this many, you know, sales calls and yeah. uh, it's going to be pay upon result and so on and so forth. And I'm and, and so like today or yesterday, I messaged when I'm from back because I was just kind of curious. I'm like, OK, th- this particular one seemed a little bit more like realistic than the others. And so this particular one, I messaged it back. I was and I don't know. No, honestly, I think it was yesterday because I still haven't gotten a reply and I noticed it. Um, and this is the people who messaged me like six times before I finally uh-huh, send them a uh-huh. reply back. Yeah, they, they're consistent, um, persistent, incessant. Um, and so <laughs> I messaged them back and I, I said something along the lines of like, so is it pay upon results? Does it mean that I pay for every sales call I get on or do I pay when they become a client? And then they didn't reply to me. I'm like, okay, I think I either scared them away or, you know, maybe they'll reply in like three days and they're checking. But like, I think that's a a big difference, right? Because they can give me shitty sales calls all day, every day. And it would be nothing to me. Right. But if I, if I get a client, I'm fine, you know, with referrals, I I give people like 10% if they gave me like a good Mm -hmm. referral. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's a fair thing. Cause 10% of whatever revenue of the client that they give me, cause I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's like a finder's fee basically. Right. Yeah. Whenever I see like pay result, pay upon results thing, it's never really that. It's just saying, oh, we're just paying for you to get on Zoom calls. I'm like, I can do that myself. <laughs> like, right. I don't need to get on Zoom calls. I need like actually qualify, you know, leads and things like that. And that's a lot harder to get. Yeah, man. I, I don't even know. When it comes to cutting through the noise, like you said, there's a lot of it. Like it's, it's really, really hard to cut through it all. And like that back to the intuitive thing. I I feel like you can tell when someone's being like authentic or genuine and not to say that I'm like an expert on this. I've been changing my, you know, message for like, you know, the past two years, whenever I can like (laughs) re-editing it and revising it until it sounds more like me, but I tried my best to sound like in in whatever message that you got on LinkedIn, I, I, I would hope that it sounds minus like whatever curse words, 
sounds pretty authentically like me and, and that you're like, you can hear my voice through the message and that when you yeah. actually met me, you're like, oh, that's, that's the same person. It's also the same reason why I don't have my hair tied up in like my profile picture. I'm like, I don't wear my hair tied up unless I'm yeah. at a funeral or something, you know, like it's, it's, you know, it's more authentic to me. And so those are like the messages that I really respond to where I can feel someone's like character or their voice through whatever they're saying to me. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I like establish legitimacy from noise. And aside from that, I, I haven't come close to being able to decipher anything else, but usually a lot of them for whatever reason have the exact same headline. It's like, how would you like 99 qualified sales calls in this month? And I'm like, I know you're full of shit. <laughs> you know? um, so. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what your message said. Of course I could go back and dig it out, but I will say um, that I do not usually get on like, you know, I don't even call it a sales call because you weren't really trying to sell me. We were just really having an honest conversation. Um, yeah. And I don't get on those calls with most people just because like one, I know yeah. that I can't, I can't like, I can't help them right now. Like I can't help them help me right now. So mm -hmm. like, I don't want to waste other people's time, you know, but yeah. I do try to like respond usually because I know like, it's just annoying to have to be sending out those messages, but there was something, you know, <laughs> legit and sincere about your messaging for me to actually get on a call with you. So yes, Thanks. you're, you're doing it. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember if this was you, but if it wasn't, it's not, you know, exclusively something that you would say, but I have mm. gotten like a message back when I send those messages out of like, because I think I, I always say like in my message, there's always like a few parts. There's like, hey, this is what I do. I, you know, conscious marketing for conscious business. Um, I notice you, you're fabulous. And <laughs> if you don't already have marketing, I'd love to supply it to you. And if not, I'd still love to help you in any way I can. And I get messages back from like, because it's all conscious people, right? They always say, they're always really up for it. And I don't know if you were, if, if you said this or not, but I, I feel like you might have, but you're like, I don't think I'm ready to take on, uh, I'm ready to like find a marketing agency yet, but if you'd still like to connect and talk, I'm open to it. And I, and I really do genuinely like mean it when I say like, I'd love to help you in any way because mm -hmm. any person or business that is conscious of purpose driven, I, I would love to advise in any way I can, or like take, give them an audit, get, do something for them. Right. Um, and so I've been on like a lot of those sales calls or sales calls, a lot of those calls where it's not like going to amount to a sale, but yeah. So, it, you know, I, and I don't know if you, you were one of those people, but like those, those, those calls, even if I don't like get like a client out of them, it's mm -hmm. always interesting to hear people's like journeys and like talk about them. And, you know, like, for example, like you didn't necessarily become a client, but you know, we stayed in touch and like, and now I'm on a podcast four five months later after I left initial message right. and, and it's and it's cool and I, and I think I told you too like if you ever wanted to hang out and go grab an actual like drink in person I would be down for it because you're local and I know you're like conscious and I like what you're doing so it's you know it's always like nice to just meet people on the same wavelength um I think that's something that I don't take for granted um so yeah yeah 100 yeah, I love that we should go get a drink. Where's this? Where's this other place we need to go to? We'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really into speakeasies lately. That's kind of been like a oh, fun, fun yeah. little investigation. There's a good amount in Austin, which is yeah. Fun. 
Columbus. I do like that vibe. I yeah. I went to the speakeasy. It's like it's like a refurbished garage. It's like downtown. I think it might be called Garage. Have you been there? I went to that one for the first time on Saturday, last Saturday. Okay, so funny. Wonderful. Yeah. Their um, drinks are very expensive, but they're very good. Yeah, it's like fifteen dollars minimum, but I yeah. had I had this mezcal <laughs> drink that was just fabulous. They're, I mean, someone needs to tell them that the incense is a little too strong usually, but that, that's my only complaint. <laughs> but I'm also like sensitive to to smell. It's also smells. a very enclosed space for it is. incense. There's yeah. no circulation, so you know you need yeah. you need a fan or something if you're gonna write incense for sure. <laughs> you're, you're, otherwise, you're just smoking people out, you know. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I do love that place. And it's like, you usually have to have a reservation unless you get there early. And so it's like not crowded. Yeah. I went to a place like that in Nashville and they had like a list of rules on the wall whenever you come in. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was very cool. It was like, you know, don't leave your table you're, unless you're going to the bathroom. Like don't hit on women, you know, like <laughs> things like that. And then there was nice. one thing that said no star fucking. And we were like, what is star fucking? And we were like, I guess we weren't thinking about where we were in Nashville. And it was yeah. like saying, you know, like don't harass celebrities if they come in here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> where are they? <laughs> yeah. Star fucking, cool. huh? That's that a, to me is like one of the biggest insults you can give somebody. Like if they're a star fucker, that means they're just like out for clout. And it's like, yeah, star fucker. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting term. I know. I love it. Um, so we got star fucker and money slut for yeah. people to take away from this really, really, really educational. I I know like we we're talking about like the future of marketing and how like I personally just like have hope that because you know things always like when they swing one way like they go back and like I feel mm-hmm. like we originally like we're in this era of like traditional marketing like TV commercials and then people started seeing through that and so it was we got more into this influencer culture, which seemed really genuine. And now we're at a place where it's obviously not. And so I feel like there's going to be something that swings it the other way. And maybe it is like the conscious, like who, you know, what businesses are like genuinely conscious, what businesses are genuinely trying to like improve, you know, DEI, like whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like, I have a feeling like we're on the cusp of like that swing back because I feel like, it's reached such a place of like inauthenticity that's it's cannot be working for many brands. I know some brands have success with it, but I'm like, this cannot be working with how it's going. For sure. Um, The influencer thing really cracked me up because you're totally right. That that, that started out as like a a genuine way to learn about things. And now they're getting paid like big money to, flaunt things they don't really care about <laughs> yeah, i mean now yeah. it's reached like straight up like infomercial status almost because it's like mm-hmm. we know the brands like we know <laughs> you know ritual like that's all they do uh, is like and when i see someone doing an ad it's like okay i i see very few flu- few influencers <clears throat> that seem like they actually use the product so it's like yeah. mm-hmm. how is this any different than a tv commercial at this point mm-hmm. So for sure. 
Um, you, you did, you did uh, ask me, you know, what marketing I do. And, uh, and uh, I, I did say anything online or related to marketing, but I will say I had not touched influencer marketing with a 10 foot. There you go. Yeah. Um, I just, and maybe, you know, maybe there's a little, little money slut within me that will still do it. If someone paid me to, <laughs> you know, moderate an influencer, but man, it would have to be a good amount of money. But honestly, I, I, I really don't like it. Um, like there's definitely ways to do it and it has like its benefits and things like that, but one, it's expensive, um, for starters. Yeah. And I, I have dealt with almost exclusively small businesses. Mm-hmm. So it's not really, you know, my, uh, audi- my clientele's, you know, yeah. things, um, of course it's like micro influencers and things like that, but, um, yeah. I think there's better ways to spend the money. But yeah, influencer marketing has been definitely something that I have not wanted to really mess with. Um, like I I'm, understand how it works. I know how to like operate within it if I really had to, but I, I kind of hope I never have to. <laughs> yeah, I so, feel that. I, I think I'm I kind like of like much. thinking it's going to go away at some point or it's going to change. And I don't know if maybe something like this exists for like certain businesses or whatever, but one of the clients I've had in the past was a, uh, he had a website that was essentially like a sustainable fashion company curator. And so you could go to his website and you could, from his website, he did have like a nice like rating system. And you could then like look, if you care about like sustainable fashion, things like that, you could, for whatever, you know, you're looking for like socks, shoes, clothes, whatever. You can look at his, you know, catalog of different companies and figure out what companies kind of like align with what you're looking for and align with how sustainable and whatever they are. And I think maybe that's going to be like the next wave. If I was going to guess, uh, that's out of my so ass, cool. It would be like because it curator. is hard to like find that information, you know? Yeah, like a conscious Angie's list. Um, yeah, um, I don't have the willpower to do that right now, but maybe someone will hear this yeah. and they'll do it. Um, I want that. I think that'd be nice because right now it takes like an annoying amount of research to be like, hmm, who's actually you know legit. Um, that's the thing is it's hard to tell on the surface yeah. you know sure. it reminds me of did you ever watch the good place yes for sure <laughs> we'll, you didn't we'll watch a good place holly i think you would actually like it um i never finished a good place it's still on my list i'm like uh, for some reason i just never finished the last season maybe i wasn't ready for it to end but yeah a bit of a spoiler alert holly is that at some point they figure out that no one is actually going to the good place anymore, which is heaven, essentially. Um, and the reason is because, you know, it's like a point system in life based on conscious decisions that you make. If you make good decisions, you get points. If you make bad decisions, you get negative points. And so, like, no one has gone to the good place in, like, centuries because the world has evolved to a place of capitalism where <laughs> you can't make a good decision you know like it's it's so hard to figure out how to make a good decision and like there was like a joke in there and it was like well you got a negative point because you bought that apple that wasn't ethically sourced and they were like they were like, oh, the uh, the obsidian that was used in your iPhone <laughs> battery was mined by 13-year-old slave right. children right. in Libya. 
how dare you? <laughs> it was like, I got the, I'm like, it was, I, I think it was like the phrase, uh, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which is yeah. just like, oof. It's hard. Bother. It's hard. It was a hard feeling to, to pass over. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, my, my difference has been so minimal. Like if I ever wanted to make a difference, I'd have to be shitty for a little bit and then be nice. But like, I don't even know. So yeah. at this point, it's been like personal, uh, personal gratitude or personal gratification to be like a, try to be a little bit more conscious about it. But that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a hard conversation with yourself and with others. But yeah. I do think every little bit helps. Like I'm definitely the type of person that like, cause I know like Derek, like he makes a huge effort with his recycling and like I do too, but I try not to think like, is this, you know, what is the future of all this stuff I'm putting in the recycle bin? Mm-hmm. But like, I personally, I do a lot of research about businesses that I spend my money at and things like that. And I know like it is really small, but I refuse to be like, hopeless about it so i'm like at least at least we're trying you know at least we're mm-hmm. making an effort like when in reality like a lot of corporations like if they made decisions <laughs> it would have a larger impact but i mean i do think little things add up yeah it makes me I feel that, uh, <laughs> yeah i think that's ultimately the kind of conclusion i kind of came to was um even if i'm not saving the world by recycling my can i i feel better at the end of the day yeah. um yeah i think that that those even even like those micro um actions i take to make myself feel better about my contribution i think that makes me feel better about my overall presence on this planet yeah. um which is meaningful and maybe like propels me to do better in later life yeah i i, I can relate to that um but I, yeah, it's also like a hard conversation with myself. Like I was also vegan for three years. Well, is there anything we didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about? We do our best. Not that nothing I can think of, but I think this was a fun conversation. So. Yay. We enjoyed it. So where can the people find you on the, on the interwebs? I think uh, so. Contra marketing, the, Website c o n s c i o marketing dot com is maybe the easiest way to find me, and then from there, there's all the social media channels. But I think I was at least consistent enough to put Conchio M K T G as my handle for all social media on Facebook, Instagram. Okay. But yeah, I, I honestly, I was, I would. The website is is where it's at, or email me, or talk to me, or just. Just annoy Derek, and then he'll be over for you. And it'll, it'll I will. Fun. I promise. Yeah, I promise. That's fine. I totally accept that. You mentioned Twitter. Are you still active on Twitter? You know the carpenter who doesn't work on his own house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Twitter expert doesn't tweet very much. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so. Twitter's just such a hot mess right now. You know. I am still. It active is such Twitter. a hot mess. Oh tweeting my god. Every day. Tweeting every day over here. <laughs> I think Twitter for business has always been tougher than Twitter on personal levels. So for yeah. sure. Uh, Mine is definitely personal, like, yeah. which has gotten me in so much trouble. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was fun. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun for sure. I like the happy hour uh, aspect to it. That's the first for me for at least it's a, uh, 
outward first. I've, I've done my happy hour podcast, but they didn't. Know. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I saw, I've seen some things on, on, you know, there, there's so many memes going around. It's like blow on your margarita. So they think it's coffee or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. For sure. Yeah. No, we're, the, we, we wanted to make a happy hour. Cause like, I mean, Holly and I are both like drinking and it's like, I feel like a lot of times people take it too seriously. Like, I mean, like, mm-hmm. You know, business is serious and there's a time to be serious, but at the end of the day, like, why can't it be fun too? So, yeah. Plus we also figured lots of like solopreneurs and small business owners probably don't have like a happy hour really. Right. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I can let some go, but have y'all heard of the concept of the third place? The third place. Um, Yeah. So like, there's a concept psychologically that's like a, that we as humans used to have like a third place where um, so there's, you know, home, there's work. And then there's like a third place where you go to hang oh. out, socialize and be around other people. But um, because like, especially in Texas, we're a very car centric community that we don't have a third place that we go hang out at because we would have to go drive to a third place. And yeah. so most people don't have a third place. And then people who are like me, and I don't know if y'all do this or not, but I work from home. I don't even have a second place. My home and my work is all right. in one place. Yeah, and so same. I don't even have a second place or a third place. So yeah, uh, same. yeah, I definitely no happy that. hour. <laughs> my happy hour is as I'm cooking dinner, and I yeah, yeah right. I wish I had a third place. Like I worked as a bartender, like um, my senior year of college, and then right after college, and I was always like so fascinated by people that actually would like come straight from work to there and they would have like maybe one or two beers and then go home and cook their dinner and have their evening but they would all meet up like no questions asked they would be meeting up with the same people and i'm like this is so cool yeah that sounds really pleasant i wouldn't know it (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much it was fun um yeah nice to meet you holly yeah nice to meet you thank you so much for taking the time to listen holly where can people find you they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulia7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at Yoga with Derek, and that's D E R E K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.